Bethel fans come out of the woodwork to challenge Good Fight Ministries' new docuseries examining the teachings of Bethel. We are going to look at their questions and show you how we answer these challenges. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Now there are two kinds of people in the world, only two kinds, not black and white, not rich and poor. There are those who are dead in sin and there are those who are dead to sin. After three nights of unbridled lawlessness across London, the contagion is spreading. The problem is that God has already judged this. He has judged murder already. I don't need to question it. I don't need to ask and wonder what his plan is. We're commanded as Christians not to participate in the works of darkness, but expose them. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we are going to kind of have a little fun today. We're going to look through some of the questions, some of the statements, some of the ridiculousness, in all honesty, coming from those who support Bethel Ministries. And the reason why we're doing this is because we have done at Good Fight Ministries a four-part series examining the teachings of Bethel Church and Bill Johnson. And the fact is, is that we've spent a lot of effort on this because we want people out of that movement. We do not believe it's a movement of the true Holy Spirit. We do not believe that it is preaching a true gospel of Jesus Christ. So we want people out of that movement. We love them enough to share the truth with them, but there are those who are not fans of people exposing the false teaching that's taking place at that congregation. And in all honesty, as you guys have been following the series, if you have, you might have seen over and over again, not only that it's Bethel in Redding, California, but the, I believe, millions of people they've touched around the world, especially when you consider Jesus culture, add that to now Bethel Music Group, and then the teachings of Bethel going out and the people that they are connected with. The fact is, is the tentacles are far reaching and there are far more than I believe many people even have an understanding of to, to realize how far reaching these guys have become. And tonight we are doing, I, I'm going to say this, this one actually is my favorite. I think I I, I, had, I got to rewatch it last night uh, before anyone, any of you guys could, <laughs> but I got to rewatch it last night and I've seen now three of the four that we filmed. And this one so far, we'll see about number four, but this one so far was my favorite. I thought that it it really, really, if if you had any questions after the Bethel and Friends contagion, I I, I don't know how, but it, I to me it puts it puts the nail in the coffin concerning whether or not they're a true biblically based church, whether or not we can consider. And I'm not saying that there aren't those involved that aren't actually believers, that there aren't those at Bethel that simply are blind and mistaken in some way there's a blind spot and that i pray that that god will pull them out of that but i will say this i i the more i study and that was one of the things this isn't just hey i i tried to find really cool clips online that other exposés have done that chris roseborough did on bethel or mike winger or somebody else i said I, i'm not going to watch those what i'm going to watch are the teachings at Bethel. And I sat down 
and between teachings, interviews with Hillsong and other things, I watched 27 hours of Bethel teaching. So I want you to know that the examination, that's why we called it that, because we truly examined their teachings. I've seen people expose them and say, hey, I I think they're still preaching the gospel. I I just, I honestly can't, I can't say that. I've come to the conclusion after examining and not simply just making a a statement off of a couple of videos. After examining, I, I just said, there's no way there's a true gospel message being preached there. So with that, some people have come and been very upset about the videos we've made, most of which, in all honesty, and we're going to talk about that, most of which have not watched the videos. They just simply see the name and the title, and it's against what they believe. So, you know what? They give their answer, and it's to their folly and shame because they don't examine what is being said. And so I wanted to look at a couple of different people and some of their writings, I, I'm not going to call anyone out. The, none of these guys are, you know, have a have some ministry out there that that's preaching a, a false gospel to thousands of people or something. But these are some of the exchanges that I had with people that came on our Facebook page, email, YouTube channel, and I wanted to give you guys a little understanding, and we'll we'll kind of chalk talk it, so to speak. So the first one here I have was somebody being upset that we would come against Bethel whatsoever. They said, why are we picking apart ministries? Why are we judges, pastors? No pastor is perfect. If someone gets something that is going to help them in their life, the pastor and ministry has done its job. Now, I, w- I want to say this real quick. If I'm if I'm reading it, I'm just reading what they wrote. I, I'm not one of those people that says, oh, you had a misprint. Look how silly you are. No, it, all the time. People are trying to say something and they mistype stuff. It happens to me. It happens all the time. So I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to make funny, fun of somebody's spelling or something like that. It means nothing to me. Somebody just coming here to have a conversation. So I'm just going to keep reading this real quick. Looks like this is one-sided and bias. It's all video and just your interpretation. People can use the Bible to justify many things. It doesn't make you guys correct or in any way perfect. Now, I'm going to start there. All right, here's a few things. Why are we picking apart, quote-unquote, ministries? Why are we judging pastors? No pastor is perfect. Now, there's a few things here. One, the obvious hypocrisy. He is judging us and then complaining we are judging someone else. That is called hypocrisy. And the Bible is very, very clear that we're not called to be hypocrites and we're not called to have hypocritical love, the love that would simply not care about evil. No, the Bible actually says that we are to love without hypocrisy. You're supposed to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Yes, no pastor is perfect. We would say that and it's very easy to say yes and amen, no pastor is perfect. That doesn't mean we do not examine their teachings. The fact is, is that those of Thessalonica were not as noble as the Bereans because why? Because they did not examine everything that Paul was saying according to Scripture. We are talking about the Apostle Paul, and the fact is is that he believed men were more noble when they examined his teachings in light of Scripture. There is no pastor that should go up there, teach, and not have his congregation or those following him examine what he says in light of Scripture. If they think that, they don't belong up there. The fact is that nobody should be so haughty and so prideful to say, my teaching is perfect and you can't come against it. 
No, that's not how this works. The fact is that we judge every single statement that they make. And we say, wait a second, is that in line with scripture? It doesn't mean we toss them out because they make a mistake. That's not true either. But the fact is, is that we do examine it. And if they are somebody who is willing to receive correction, then it's somebody, we bring that correction to them. And of course, you know, when you just throw this out there, it, there's no biblical means to justify such a statement. Um, and, and, and so, no, we are not saying we're perfect because we bring correction. We are not perfect. And I know that, but the fact is, is that we strive for that perfection as much as we can. And the only way to even remotely come close to that is through the sanctification given by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. And so we always want to take it back to scripture. And I want to point this out now because sadly this exchange, as I'm going to read, gets profane. Um, I believe that he was lying, and I be- I'm going to show you how he was definitely lying towards the end and played a little tactic that I've seen before. It says, you may not have understanding and knowledge that these pastors may have. Uh, we took it in light of scripture, and if you guys have been seeing the series, which I encourage you to, you'll see that we. it was very clear that what they're teaching is unbiblical. Then he said, I'm calling, quote, B s on you guys now as you guys know that's the shortened version of a cuss word so obviously you shouldn't be saying this sort of thing we shouldn't be teaching someone that it's okay to talk this way that it, it, just shortening words guys putting out cuss words on our facebook page putting out cuss words, that's going to get you blocked anyways but i will warn people i will warn people hey are you are did you know that what you're doing is wrong Did you know that what you're doing is unbiblical, that you shouldn't talk this way? It's really, really important that we make sure to bring correction in this area. Jesus was very, very clear that you're going to give an account for every idle word we speak. He said that if you call someone a fool, you're in danger of hellfire. There are certain things that you should not do or should not say. And and simply shortening a word, even though you want to cuss, it's not cool. Yeah, you're not going to get away with that on our page. So after, of course, he uses that, I'm calling B.S on you guys. Focus on bringing people to Jesus and not trying to tear down ministries you don't like and think their theology is wrong. Okay, couple of things here. This idea, and I'm, I was going to deal with it as well when I get into another exchange that we had. This idea that because you expose wickedness or false teaching, Because you do that, that means that you cannot pray, love, seek for people to be saved. Guys, that's just the, I'm sorry, go read your Bible. That's just silly business. That's nonsense. When we look at scripture, when we see a man like Paul, when we see the writings of Paul, we see the lovingness that we can see, the the encouragement. Maybe like you look at the first three chapters of Ephesians, right? This encouragement of doctrine and understanding theology. You look at the book of Philippians, the encouragement, the encouragement, the encouragement. When you look through the book of Acts and you see him and Peter and others being beaten to a pulp and sharing the gospel and being kingdom-minded in the sense that they were going out to preach the gospel of the kingdom to the world and doing so at their own, I mean, at their own peril in a lot of ways, the fact was, 
is that they came out against false teachers over and over again. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, we see very clearly we have na- the naming of names of false teachers. We have Paul lovingly giving someone over to Satan who's caught up in sin. This does not mean that they can't share the gospel because they mark false teachers and expose them for who they are. We have to make sure we understand that. Once again, after I shared with him, he says... He watched the video. I said, can you please give any clear indication that you watched the video? Any quote, anything. Of course, he did not give that. He said, so the BS, again, is really BS you guys are putting out. Thank you for confirming to me what I already knew. I'm sure whoever runs this page and runs this false ministry is far from perfect. Yes, we are not perfect. But you're calling it a false ministry, but you're not actually indicating why it's false. This is a problem that people have. They throw out statements, but they don't have any credible evidence to back up that statement. And I asked him once again, please stop using foul language. I encourage you, stop using such language. It is not good. Don't do that on our page. And he responded. And at this point, I did have to block him he said f off and he actually wrote it out and block me if you don't like what i have to say just for the blank of it f f f f f f f f f f f but actually spelled it all out stop with uh and then he actually spelled out the word for b dot s and obviously i couldn't have that on our page so i did block him but he was able to edit that, or he thought he was. And one of the cool features, and I took a screenshot of it, one of the cool features about Facebook is that when somebody edits something on their page, on your page, you're actually able to look at the edits that they made. So if somebody just went to the page and I, they, they go to see if I blocked him, they see, why would you block him? He didn't say any cuss words. Because, of course, in the next one he said, block me if you don't like what I have to say <laughs> after his edit. But I have screenshots. I keep receipts on this stuff because I don't want someone making some sort of claim and me not having something to back it up. This is something that took place. And if you guys are on the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel, not the Good Fight Radio Show YouTube channel, but the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel, we actually have a two-part series we did early on in our podcast life covering a false teacher who did not understand scripture, who came against the Good Fight Ministries, uh, Joe Schimmel specifically, and Good Fight Ministries as a whole came against us without really good scriptural knowledge of what he was talking about. And in all honesty, biblically, he just showed how in error he was and his misunderstanding of the Word of God. But one of the things that happened was he actually came onto our Facebook page and he would ask questions and I would answer them. And then I would look and he would edit the 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 original questions to make it look like he asked me things that he never asked and i thought this is dishonest and i called him out i said hey do not edit your old post after i've answered them i see what you're doing it's not right it's not a biblical you're making it look like i'm not answering each one of your questions when i am don't do that and he kept editing him and then again he edited them on the third time i said okay i'm done you're a dishonest man i i don't believe you're you're an honest person. You keep editing, making it look like I'm not answering your questions, changing your questions after they've been answered. And the fact is, is that you're an honest, you're a dishonest man and you're going to be blocked from our page. So when I see these sorts of things, it's very childish. It's sad. And the fact is, is there's no leg to stand on. This is why people revert to cussing and ad hominem attacks and you're just a false ministry. You're just this. It's because they don't have answers. And it's, it's really, really heartbreaking in all honesty. 
Now I want to go to another exchange and this one I want to kind of just go back just kind of back and forth with you guys so you guys can see it. Now, of course, after I was writing with him, I went to this person's page and he makes his own videos uh, for ministry purposes, quote unquote. And of course, when I go down his page, I see him sharing Todd White videos and I'm like, oh, okay, I could see why you'd be upset of us exposing Todd White for the charlatan he is when you're a fan of his. So that that's fine, but I'll still have a conversation with you. So this is what he says. So the world sees Christians fighting each other, shaking my head. Well, let's start with that. This is nonsense. This idea that you can make any sort of marking or exposing of false teaching and you can make the argumentation impotent simply by stating that non-believers shouldn't see us come to the truth. This idea is so unbiblical. It is so ridiculous. Could you imagine? Imagine if this would I I do imagine. <laughs> you imagine Peter right? I think of Galatians chapter two, when Paul specifically talks about when he had to rebuke Peter to his face. And could you imagine Peter while he's sitting there just eating with Jews, not wanting to eat with Gentiles. And when Paul rebukes him to his face and says, what are you doing here? He says, look out, look at the non-Christian, look at the world are going to see us fighting. No, he, he took that rebuke and the rebukes are supposed to come from scripture. And 2 Timothy 3.16 is very, very clear when it comes to what the word of God is supposed to be used for. It says every word is theonoustos, God breathed onto paper, and it's used for training, and it's used for elenchos, it's used for the revealing, it's used for rebuking. Guys, that's something that we use the word of God for, that God has, by his sovereignty, decided that his church, his people, the people that follow him, would use the word of God to bring about correction, reproof, and training in righteousness so the man of God may be equipped and adequately equipped for every good work. So this is just nonsense. This is this is silly business. It's, it's just maxims that aren't found in scripture. Could you imagine? What is the world going to say when you're calling out Hymenaeus and Philetus, Paul? What is the world going to think? The world's going to think, hopefully, that you care about truth and not nonsense. Quote, you don't like Bethel. You don't like Bill Johnson. You don't like Chris Vallatin. You don't like Benny Hinn. You don't have to listen to him, any of them. Or you don't have to attend Bethel Church or listen to any of their albums. Guys, I don't like, I love them. And that's why we will be sending this entire series to them. That's why we made this series. Because we love them and those who have been caught up in this nonsense. We do love them. and has nothing to do with the fact that we're exposing them. We can't love them. That's a lie. That's from the pit of hell. You can't, you, there's no way you have biblical backing to say, because you expose somebody for wickedness, that means that you don't love them. That's a lie. It's not true. We've poured out our hearts into this. We pour our hearts into every single avenue of ministry that we do. And we do those things so that guess what? We do those things so that people could come out of those movements, whether it's in the body of Christ or outside of it whether it's of the world or those who claim to be Christians. There's no possible way biblically you can back up this nonsense. You can't. just can't happen. And here, of course, back to the old either-or fallacy. So focus on winning people to Jesus by sharing the world what Jesus has done, what Jesus is doing now, and the hope and unconditional love all can find in Jesus. How about focuses on building up believers and not tearing other believers down? Tell me how has Jesus changed your life? How has your marriage improved and grown stronger in relationship with your children since you've received Jesus? Now, here's a couple of things. 
And we get this a lot, so I'm going to package this together, especially because my time's moving faster than I expected here. But I'm going to package this together. This, once again, this, once again, is the either-or fallacy. That I can't focus on these things because I care about the truth. That is a complete and utter lie. For anyone who's been involved with and listening to Good Fight Ministries for this amount of for these amount of years, you know that our ministry, each and every person involved in it, has multiple ministries they're involved in. Whether you talk about Joe Schimmel, who is the pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel, whether you talk about Tony Palacio, who is the worship leader at Blessed Hope Chapel, whether you talk about myself, who is the youth pastor here at Blessed Hope Chapel. Whether you talk about the ministries that we're all involved in some way or another that aren't simply exposing Bethel, but street witnessing. We have, we now have what's called the 511 Street Team, where we got guys going out and sharing the gospel on a regular basis, young guys training them up, discipling them. We have a number of different things we do. One of the elders at our church is now a, is now a chaplain at the local rescue mission, where I've been volunteer teaching now for five years, I believe, uh, been volunteer teaching there and, and just loving on the Lord and loving the people there. And the fact is Joe's taught there. Our associate pastor, Steve Aguilar is taught there. We're very, very involved. Tony and myself, my wife and Lisa, Joe's wife have for 10 years, we put together a concert in, in Simi Valley to try to go after the youth and share the gospel with them, to to share with them uh, music and then share the gospel between myself and Joe and others we've invited. And we've had 5,000 people at these events to share the gospel. We've had hundreds of people come to the Lord, I think over 1,000 people that we've you know prayed with specifically over the years uh, to receive Christ. And it's it's just ridiculous the fact that you could make statements like this and not know what we're involved in and not know these things and simply be ignorant of who we are as a ministry and the things we're involved in. We're going to be going down to Mexico here on Monday and we're going to be sharing the gospel in the streets of Mexico and building a church down there. And the fact is, is that you make these statements and they're ridiculous. We all work hard. Tony works hard. Joe works hard. Myself, Tom, everyone involved. My wife works hard with our children. And with helping to disciple young men and women in the word. And the fact is, is we do all those things and we can still, guess what? We can still do more. And we can still do exposés on false teachers so that people don't get caught up in this movement and leave the gospel behind as they chase nonsense. And the fact is, is that if you've taken, taken any time to look at these videos, guess what you would have found over and over again in them? Guess what you would have found? You would have found that, for example, Chris Vallatin and Bill Johnson not only praying to receive the mantle of a known heretic in William Branham, somebody who said Trinitarianism is from the devil, somebody who was a clear false prophet, someone who over and over again proved he was not biblically based in his thought life and teaching and did not have the true Holy Spirit, you would know that they wanted this mantle and they wanted this mantle so they could put it on the rest of the world. In fact, God comes to Chris Vallatin for guidance in that statement and says, well, what should I do? If I gave you the mantle, it would, it would crush you if you had all this William Branham heretic mantle. He said, well, just give it out to everyone and no one will stick out. Oh, good. I never thought about that. Thanks, Chris Vallatin. And he got to correct God. You can see over and over again, they're teaching people the, to pray this idea of prayer where you forgive the Father God or forgive Jesus. 
You see over and over again, they talk about the Holy Spirit as the genie from Aladdin. You see over and over again that they're quoting from Sufi mystics. You see over and over again that they're getting involved in divine editing and new age nonsense. And you see over and over again, the the, the books that they've put out are new age. And, and, and guys, th- this is not even something to be argued with after we've gone through these teachings, that they teach the heresy of the little God's doctrine. And yet we sit here and we say, we're well, not allowed to speak up against that. Here's the facts. The fact is, is that willful ignorance is not a spiritual gift. And sadly, that is where we've come to, is that people believe that willful ignorance is a spiritual gift. We had someone write into us, says, united we stand, divided we fall. So why are we dividing the church? Believers are called to be united in truth, not error. If you are united in the error, you are not a part of the truth, and you're not a part of the love that is described in 1 Corinthians 13. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love rejoices in the truth. If you rejoiced in the truth, you would care not to be willfully ignorant. In fact, the last two people that I was quoting from in our exchanges, they admitted that they didn't even watch the videos. They just simply put their comment out there. Proverbs 18.13 says they are shameful for doing that. If you give an answer without listening, without looking at it and seeing the manner, the fact is the Bible is very clear that it is your shame and your folly. That's not me saying it. That's the word of God saying it. It is to your shame and your folly because you begin answering something before ever examining it. If I would have examined, quote unquote, Bethel without looking at their teachings, it'd be to my shame. It'd be to my folly. But I wouldn't let that happen. If I'm going to talk about something, it's going to be because I dig into it and I make sure I know what I'm talking about and I actually have an assessment to make. And I want to say this once again, being willfully ignorant about false teaching is not a spiritual gift. It is not a spiritual gift. It is not loving to not examine things and to say, oh, well, I don't pay attention to that. That's not a spiritual gift. It's very interesting when we look at the book of Zechariah, and I believe it talks to this specifically. In the book of Zechariah, I want to give you a little background. I only have a couple minutes left, but the book of Zechariah in chapter 11, you you have to understand what's going on there is, I'll read from it, and then then I'll get into it a little bit. In Zechariah chapter 11, sorry, verse 1, it says, In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, and on the fourth day of the ninth month, which is Chisley, now the town of Bethel, had sent Shurazir and Regemelech and their men to seek the favor of the Lord, speaking to the priest who belonged to the house of the Lord of hosts and to the prophet saying, shall I weep in the fifth month and abstain as I have done these many years? Then the word of the Lord came to the host and came to me saying, now I want the background I wanted to give you is that when it came to fasts in Israel, there was one specific one that they had to do. And that was on the Day of Atonement. But they also enacted four morning fasts. Not morning as in in early in the morning, but morning for sadness. Morning of the capture of Jerusalem. Jeremiah 52, 6 through 30 talks about this. Uh, The burning of Jerusalem and the destruction of Solomon's temple, which is exactly what's going on and being talked about in Zechariah chapter 11. They would have a fast, a nationwide fast. Assassination of Gedaliah and the massacre of 80 men. And then the beginning of Nebuchadnezzar's siege against Jerusalem. So those were four other fast days where they would get involved in fasting together. So 
The question is, shall I abstain from these? And and I have these many years, as he has, as they've been practicing. And the word of the Lord came and said, Say to all the people of the land and to the priest, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months, these 70 years, was it actually for me that you fasted? When you eat and drink, do you eat for yourselves? And do you not drink for yourselves? Are not these words which the Lord proclaimed by the former prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and prosperous along with its cities around it and the Negev and the foothills were inhabited? Then the word of the Lord came to Zechariah saying, Thus has the Lord of hosts said, Dispense true justice and practice kindness and compassion each to his brother. And do not oppress the widow or the orphan or the stranger or the poor. And do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. Verse 11. This is key. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears from hearing. The fact is, is that what was going on and what what was the word of the Lord given to Zechariah was the fact that they were doing these fasts, but they weren't really doing it for the Lord. The fact is, is they were doing these fasts, they were doing these miracles, <laughs> right? If you're talking about Bethel, it's not really about the Lord. It's about puffing up. They're not even real miracles. It's nonsense that's going on there. And who are they doing it for? Are we doing it for the Lord? He says, do not oppress the widow, the orphan, the stranger, the poor. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears from hearing. Willful ignorance to the evils that are going on is not a spiritual gift. It shows a lack of spiritual discipline. And so what we want is for people to turn not be willfully ignorant, see the wickedness for what it is, and follow after Jesus. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available, or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.